morning, everyone. We are continuing a sermon series this morning. Thank you, Paris. And the sermon series is on four topics about why we believe the church matters. Spoiler alert, pray, grow, serve, and worship are the four topics we are going to talk about. I feel like I have my own like little helper here. Super fun. So today we are talking about grow and why it's important to be a part of a community. But before we begin, I invite you to join me in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Where do you go when you want to know more about a certain topic? You go someplace. Great answer. Recently, I was listening to a podcast about Howard Hughes. I had no idea who Howard Hughes was. Maybe some of you do. Okay, a few of you. I had no idea who he was prior to listening to this podcast, and I found myself wanting to know more about him. So where did I go? Google trusty Google, and I landed on his Wikipedia page that gave me way too much information on Howard Hughes. For those of you who don't know, he was a rich philanthropist who was very into airplanes in the 30s and 40s. If that sounds interesting to you, I recommend Wikipedia. When my husband Jake or I and I watch movies or TV shows, maybe you relate to this, we often find ourselves saying, oh, 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 that's that woman from that one show. What show? What show is it? So then we pull out our phones and IMDB gives us a list of everything that that actress was in. And often we find ourselves exclaiming, oh, she was also in that other show too. Yeah, do you feel this? A few of you, great. (laughs) As a child, when I had questions, I didn't have a Google or a Wikipedia. Instead, I had my, my parents, and sometimes my parents gave me acceptable answers, but often I ended up with more questions than I had to even begin with. In school, the inside uh, of a book at the back, the index or sometimes the resource list, those became my best friends as I looked to find more information about certain things that I was passionate about. But today, we can get information instantaneously. And in this day and age, it's really easy for us to feel information overload. I know many of my friends who are utilizing on their iPhone screen time that only allows them to be on their phone at certain hours or look at certain times of day. Do any of you use that? Yes, a few cheers for that. I even have other friends who don't look at the news at all because it feels so detrimental to their mental health. I don't know that we were created for the amount of information we consume daily. Even for the most avid of learners, it can often feel really overwhelming. Like I mentioned, today we continue our sermon series called Why Church? What does the local church offer us? Why do we think it's important that we come here on Sunday mornings and worship together? Why do we spend time on prayer requests or in Bible studies or serving 
These are all fair questions. As someone who is pro-individual learning and growing, and as someone who's seen the ugly side of churches, I understand any hesitancy you may feel about placing an emphasis on the local church. And yet, when I think back on my highest highs and my lowest lows in life, my church family was there for them all. Last week, we talked about the importance of praying together and praying for one another. This week, our premise is that the local church, our church family, our community, is imperative to our discipleship in the ways that we grow in our faith. When I first started in ministry, I noticed that people drifted back to church for a few key reasons. Number one, I have a slide for this. Great. Couples often started attending church once they had children. They found that they wanted to help offer, they needed help in offering spirituality to their children. Others of those young couples had these really fond memories of growing up in the church, and they wanted that for their child. Secondly, I observed that people began attending church after experiencing some type of life-altering moment. Maybe they experienced the death of someone near to them, or they or their loved one was given a terminal diagnosis, or they were going through a divorce or some other life-shaking event. The third observation I found is that some people came into the doors of the church because they felt stuck. They didn't necessarily have some life-altering moment. Instead, they were just yearning for something more. In every instance, these people were looking for something more than what they were getting at home or school or at work or in their families. And of course, there are exceptions. You may be sitting here thinking, I don't fit any of those, ha, ha, ha. That's cool, I'll give you that. But we each do have our own reason for being here, for coming to worship today. While churches across America may not be growing at the rates they once were, there is no doubt that church can be a place where real growth happens inside of us and in the community that we choose to be a part of regardless of our motivations for attending at the time. Where do you go when you want information about God? Where do you, you love it, keep shouting answers out, I'm here for it. Where do you go when you have questions about scripture and faith and how to be Jesus out into the world? I'd love for us to all to say together, church! But for many of us, we may start somewhere else, and rightly so, the Bible. As we consider why discipleship in the local church is important, we are going to start in the Bible. We're going to look at the book of Proverbs, but before we hop into Proverbs, uh, I want to share a little bit about it. It is a beautiful book, and 
Proverbs is also a really puzzling book. How many of you have ever read a passage from Proverbs? Yes, I was the nerdy church girl who had a proverb like stenciled on my wall growing up. The verses in Proverbs can often seem kind of like an advice column. And some of the Proverbs have really jarring consequences to not heeding the advice that's offered. If you are new to the Proverbs world, let's do a brief intro. Technically, there are three Old Testament books that are considered wisdom literature. Proverbs, of course, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Who knew? The goal of these books of wisdom is to provide the reader, those who are consuming it, with wisdom. Wisdom that comes from God and that gives us a glimpse into God's perspective, especially in the face of hardships. The book of Proverbs encompasses all things wisdom. Proverbs is often attributed to King Solomon, who was believed to be the most or the wisest man ever. It's a pretty good title. The book consists of many phrases of wisdom that are often short and direct. Proverbs, inside and outside of the Bible, are usually known for their brevity and that they can be applicable in a number of different situations. Think fortune cookie here with me. So you open it up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so relevant to me right now. And then your best friend opens one with the same thing and oh my gosh, it's so relevant right now. So they can meet us at different unique points in our lives. Our reading today, also, don't confuse me. I don't think Proverbs is like a fortune cookie. That's just a comparison. Okay. Our reading today will be from the very beginning of Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. And I have a little note before we look up there. My Bible calls this, listen to woman wisdom. Okay. Wisdom shouts in the street. In the public square, she raises her voice. Above the noisy crowd, she calls out. At the entrance of the city gates, she has her say. How long will you clueless people love your naivete? Mockers hold their mocking dear, and fools hate knowledge? You should respond when I correct you. Look, I'll pour out my spirit on you. I'll reveal my words to you. I invited you, but you rejected me. I stretched out my hand to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored all my advice, and you didn't want me to correct you. So I'll laugh at your disaster. Jarring consequences, y'all. I'll laugh at your disaster. I'll make fun of you when dread comes over you, when terror hits you like a hurricane and your disaster comes in like a tornado, when distress and oppression overcome you. Then they will call me, but I won't answer. They will seek me but won't find me because they hated knowledge and didn't choose the fear of the Lord. They didn't want my advice. They rejected all my corrections. They will eat from the fruit of their way and they'll be full of their own schemes. The immature will die because they turn away. Smugness will destroy fools. Those who obey me will dwell securely, untroubled by the dread of harm." 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. I've shared with you all before that I am a rule follower. I like to follow rules. I like things planned out. But I have a confession to make. There's kind of a caveat to that. I can also be really defiant. My first year out of college, I began to discover just how defiant I could be. I'd moved to Dallas and was hanging out with a new group of friends. One evening, we decided to play a round of putt-putt together. I took beginner's golf in college, and I grew up playing putt-putt, but it was always purely for fun. My new friends were a little more hardcore than I knew what to do with. First off, one of my friends may be here in this room, first off, they kept score, and they counted pretty much every stroke. Even if you just accidentally hit it, they counted it against you. So if you got down on one hole of putt-putt, there was little chance you could ever make it up. And as we made our ways through the holes, a few of those friends began to coach me. I grew up playing sports. I know what it's like to follow a coach's play and to learn by having someone point out where I made a mistake. But we're talking about putt-putt, playing a few chill rounds with a group of friends. I could have just listened to their advice and tried to become a better putt-putter. But instead, I was embarrassed that they felt the need to coach me. I was frustrated that we couldn't just hang out without turning everything into a competition. So, I did the opposite of everything they told me to do. They'd tell me to aim for one wall, I'd go for the other. They'd tell me, oh, you just need to tap the ball so lightly, you know I hit it real hard. I knew they were trying to help. I know they really believed they could make me into a great putt-putter. But I didn't have the willingness to learn from them. And I didn't have the humility to admit that I wasn't really great at putt-putt. Our woman wisdom in Proverbs, she's berating the reader. Why didn't they listen when advice was given? Why didn't they see how she was trying to help strengthen them? With how much information we all get today, it's easy for us to believe that we know best, that we have all of the right information, that we know all there is to know. But in reality, we're all always growing. We can each always know more and listen to new discoveries and points of view. When it comes to discipleship and growing in our faith, it's important for us to remember this. I have no doubt that some of you out there may know the Bible better than I do, but I don't think any of us knows it well enough to stop picking it up and reading it to stop picking it up and wrestling with the words and the teachings found inside. 
And I believe this is where churches come into play too. Sure, we can stay at home and read scripture by ourselves or do a little study by ourselves in our room, in our own little silo. But church is our safe space to dig deeper, to be in conversations with others about our faith and our questions. At least it should be, right? My prayer is that you find that here. Our church, our community strives to meet you wherever you are. Are you in the middle of deconstructing your faith? You're welcome here. Are you not even sure about God? You're welcome here. Are you feeling stale in your faith? You're welcome here. Do you know a whole lot about the whole Jesus thing? You too are welcome here. We only grow when we listen to the wisdom of those around us and when we're open to being transformed by the power of Christ. The pandemic uh, has brought a lot of bad in the world, but one good thing I think that has come from the pandemic is that we're all way more comfortable with knowing that we can worship outside of these walls. We can wake up sick one day or need to go travel last minute, and we can pull up our phones and worship with our community. The pandemic has taught us that worshiping together, no matter where we are, is attainable and it's really important. Maybe you've joined a Bible study through Zoom. Maybe you've gotten into a small group that's only meeting virtually. We encourage you to do that, to find a way that works within your comfort level. We know how important it is to keep our community connected, even when we can't physically be together. Which leads me to a little uh, side note, an exciting announcement. Reverend Paige Christian, she's preached here in our community a few times. You may know her from our former Princeton campus and from our care ministries department. She is taking on a brand new title. As of today, you're hearing it here first, she will be our pastor of off-campus ministries. That means right now she's on Facebook watching this sermon and engaging with anyone who's on there. She will be connecting with those of you who worship online, and she is also beginning these cool communities in neighborhoods of Christ United members and their friends. She is truly out in the world spreading the love of Christ, and she's offering an online study for those of you who are interested in that in October. Yes, I want you to be in the building. I want you to be here with us doing life together. Chris starts a new Bible study tonight. Reagan has her Monday morning women's Bible study that begins Monday. I'm doing a Tuesday night after bedtime study from 7.30 to 8.30. We have all of these different ways for you to get plugged in. But if you can't be here in person, we don't want that to prevent you from growing in your faith. We want to meet you where you are, and we are so hopeful that Reverend Page is going to help us to do that. It's not always safe or convenient to be in the church, 
That's why it's important for us to have a number of different ways that our faith can grow outside of these walls. Proverbs was written because people look to King Solomon for wisdom, for insight, for a new perspective. When we engage in discipleship, when we engage in growing in our faith, we too are looking to God for wisdom, for insight, for a new perspective. Being in community is part of the way we too listening to one another's stories by sharing time and space together by being vulnerable we grow and we create community i invite you this morning to journey with us into discipleship i invite you to grow with us Join a study, try out a Sunday school class, learn more about what it means to be a Methodist in some type of learning opportunity. I promise you that it has the power to transform your life and to bring you closer to Christ. Amen.